It's Thursday. Rob Rang's back. That means we have to talk Seahawks. We're contractually obligated. We're going to get into them, the Chiefs, and the 49ers. What are the draft plans for two teams that need a quarterback? One that gets a pick in the bottom of the first. It's going to be a long show. I'm looking forward to this. Welcome to Locked On NFL Draft. You are Locked On NFL Draft. Your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Locked On NFL Draft Show. I'm your host, former NFL and AFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. Of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Tracy from Rogan and Licks and Rob Rang. We all want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I mean, it's the offseason now. This is the first time we've had a chance to talk to Rob Rang since the Super Bowl. So, uh, you know, good times. We get to talk about some draft plans for certain teams, and uh, we will go more in-depth with teams' draft plans throughout this offseason, especially once the combine starts to roll around. But we're going to kind of get a head start here with three teams that we are all very familiar with. Of course, Ryan Tracy covers the Kansas City Chiefs for Locked On. Kansas City, Rob Rang with the Seahawks and myself with the 49ers. So we're going to get into the three teams first that we know best. Starting with Rob Rang and the Seattle Seahawks, a a team that has been so good for for so many years now, really since uh, drafting Russell Wilson in the third round. And they've been one of the more consistent teams, continuously making the playoffs. They have multiple Super Bowl appearances. But now it looks like there's a little bit of trouble in paradise. Last offseason, there were rumors about Russell Wilson potentially wanting out. He ended up staying and playing. Those rumors start to kick back up again. This offseason, DK Metcalf, he seems to be a little disgruntled. There was one conversation about him maybe saying play Geno Smith over Russell Wilson. There's a lot going on. We're going to find out within what's going on with that team. How can the draft help them? So, Rob Rain, first I got to ask you. What are they going to do at the quarterback situation? And is this potentially a sleeper team that might need a quarterback in the draft? Well, it could. Certainly, if they trade away Russell Wilson, then absolutely Seattle Seahawks are going to need uh, you know, improvement at the quarterback position. But I, I just don't think that that's very likely to happen, guys. Uh, I think that um, – you know, you, you look at Russell Wilson and you look at the different, uh, you know, teams out there in which that he could be traded. Um, you know, I, I saw John Schneider and Howie Roseman, the Philadelphia Eagles, have a little conversation there in Mobile, Alabama. And I didn't see any news come out of that where there was three first round draft picks that were traded to the Seahawks for Russell Wilson. I don't expect that that's going to be the case. I think that Russell Wilson is going to be a member of the Seattle Seahawks in the 2022 season. I think that they are very much thinking that this is a, a team that at seven and 10 is going to be playing a fourth place schedule, very similar to the San Francisco 49ers a year ago, a team that's much better than a fourth place schedule might suggest and might be able to have a very similar kind of bounce right back up into the the NFC playoffs, deep into the NFC playoffs. So I think that's what they're thinking is that the quarterback is going to be available to them with Russell Wilson. But again, I mean, they're, they're, this is a team that has a little bit of issues with their uh, you know, salary cap. 
And, and if Russell Wilson wants to kind of rouse some cages and wants to get himself traded, then I think that's a, still a possibility. But I do expect that Seattle is going to have Russell Wilson at the helm and therefore be looking to complement him rather than potentially replace him. I teased I teased that uh, contractual thing in the beginning because we never talk about the Seahawks. I think the three of us kind of avoid the teams that we cover the most in, in part because we're always doing it. But this is one of the more intriguing teams because it really does set all the dominoes in place, what they do with the quarterback. And I'm very intrigued because I feel like the, the odd man out here not being in the NFC West. But from my perspective as the outsider, and now that we know that Sean McVay is going to retire at 27 and Aaron Donald's done and all this, um, like the bounce back is, is a real thing, I think, for both of your teams. And it comes down to if, if Russ is going to be in town, how can you support him the best? What do you do to change the dynamic that you've been stuck with the last two seasons? That's what it is in my mind. Crockett, what do you see from facing them all the time? You know, I, I think that's that's spot on. Really, it's if Russell Wilson is going to be the guy, one, how do you make him happy? And two, how do you build around him a, a team that is just better? You know, the, the Seahawks, and I, I hear you, I hear you, Rob, and, and he said that they are a team that is better than a fourth place schedule that they'll be playing this upcoming season. But I thought they were bad last year, and I thought the only reason why they were even serviceable had a lot to do with Russell Wilson and him be able to maybe, you know, pull – rabbit out of his ass a couple of times and pull out some wins. But I don't think that they were a very good team. So so how do they get better, especially in the draft? Where do they need to get younger? Uh, they have some good players around there, but, you know, there's a weird dynamic with Adams. I really like Diggs. I think he's probably one of the most underrated safeties in the league. Do they have to get better at the cornerback position? Is edge rusher an issue? They kind of struggled – in the draft in recent years, as far as having guys that really pan out, maybe that's because they never have any first round picks, even though they trade those away. And so, how do how do they get better through the draft? Well, you know that, that's what something that, uh, that that John Schneider needs to be listening to our show a little bit because they have struggled a little bit in in the draft. You're absolutely right there. Uh, you know, I, I think that the biggest thing is again just assuming that Russell Wilson is absolutely part of the team in 2022 then the biggest thing is they have to figure out what they're doing in the secondary. They have to be able to figure out their pass rush, and they have to be able to figure out the center position specifically. They have a lot of free agents for a team that struggled a year ago. They were 7-10. and 10. They have three of their four uh, defensive backs that are free agents here. You, you mentioned Quandre. You mentioned Jamal Adams, for one. He is the only guy who has actually signed to a, a long-term deal, a record breaking deal at that Quandre Diggs is a free agent DJ Reed former 49er is a free agent Sidney Jones former Jacksonville Jaguar former Philadelphia Eagle uh, is a free agent that secondary actually played really well down the stretch once Seattle was able to get its pass rush kind of rolling here and I mentioned the pass rush because that would arguably be their biggest area of concern Daryl Taylor is a pretty solid young player you see the flashes with him. He he missed his entire rookie season with an injury. Uh, then he played, he played this past year. What was actually Seattle's arguably their most dynamic edge rusher off off of the off the edge. Excuse me. But uh, he has that burst. He has that bend. Carlos Dunlap, the old guy from the 
Cincinnati Bengals well, was actually their most productive passers because he was on a torrid streak the last five weeks or so of the season when Seattle started to rush him rather than drop him back into coverage. And so it was kind of confusing about what Seattle was doing with some of their players. That's one of the reasons why that their defensive coordinator, Ken Norton Jr., was given the pink slip, uh, you know, and, and they wound up promoting Clint Hurt from defensive line coach to defensive coordinator. So I, I think that you are going to see Seattle try to be a little bit more aggressive this year. I think that they're going to use the draft uh, this year. They have six draft picks, which is twice as many as they had a year ago. They have a lot more dollars in free agency this year. Again, assuming Russell Wilson is back, I think that they're going to be kind of looking for that best player available. Everybody wants to talk about offensive line for Seattle. Sure, they need a center. They also need pass rush help. But the way that this draft stands out, guys, I really think that the, the best players in this draft, where Seattle drafts, drafts, excuse me, when Seattle selects first is number 41 overall. I do expect there to be pass rushers and cornerbacks available. The way I have this shaken out is Roger McCreary, the cornerback from Auburn, who is not the long, lengthy guy that Seattle and Pete Carroll have prioritized in the past. He actually reminds me a lot of DJ Reed in that he is twitchy, he is smart, he is physical. And so he is a guy that I think would make an awful lot of sense if Seattle is not able to replace all of the defensive backs who are currently free agents. And is there an underrated position that the Seahawks potentially need? Maybe one that fans aren't thinking is as big of a deal as you do. I know you spoke about the center position. Is it as simple as maybe addressing the center position as soon as possible? Or, you know, how do you think they go about that? Especially, like you said, there's some contract things going on. If they have limited cap space, can they go the free agent route? Or do you think that's something that they'll address in the draft? Well, that's the thing is I do think that the cornerback position is that underrated position that, that Seattle has to address. That's, that's why I put it here at 41. John Schneider just kind of seems to do the opposite of what all everybody else seems to think that he's going to want to do. The number one position from a national perspective is, of course, the offensive line. Russell Wilson, literally, you guys saw it in the Super Bowl. It looked like he was up there kind of whispering to Roger Goodell, get me some blockers because they have struggled to protect Russell Wilson for basically his entire career. So I think that from a national perspective, everybody is thinking about offensive line. Dwayne Brown, the left tackle, is likely to come back. Seattle got a steal uh, in the undrafted free agent out of Cal and Jake Curran, who was their starter uh, the second half of last season at the right tackle position. I expect him to be their starter at right tackle moving forward. Center is a position of concern. Ethan Postick has been okay, but not dominant, certainly. As a second-round pick, he should be better than what he has been. Pass rusher is always a concern. You want to win a Super Bowl, guys. you got to have a quarterback. you got to have a pass rush. That's been proven over and over and over again. But so the sleeper position for Seattle is a defensive backfield. As I mentioned before, three of their four defensive backs that started last year are free agents. What is Seattle going to do with that position? To me, that is the sleeper position in this year's draft class for the Seattle Seahawks. Awesome. Well, it uh, looks like that's how they'll be fixing this. Definitely prioritizing the offensive line and cornerback position. DJ Reed, I, I like that you threw his name out there. Uh, Bakersfield, California guy. Shout out to DJ Reed. We'll see if he ends up back with Seattle. Obviously, he was drafted by the 49ers out of Kansas State. All right. Uh, we'll get back and talk about the Kansas City Chiefs and some things that they need to do in the draft. But first, we want to talk a little bit about Bet Online. 
All right, you know, the football season is over, but basketball is in full steam ahead with both pro and college basketball. All right, from the latest odds, totals, players, performances, props to, you know, where you can find the next fire coach. Where is he going to land? Our betonline.net is the number one spot for all of those sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just a basketball uh, thing. Our BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, right to your Olympic coverage and information. All right, head over to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the games start. All right, Ryan, you're on the clock now. The Kansas City Chiefs, they do hold the 30th overall pick. The only team (laughs) that we're talking about today that have a first-round pick. So I I think a lot of people will lean towards Kansas City needing a receiver. We know they just drafted Miko Hartman a couple years ago. Wow, more more weapons for Patrick Mahomes. He has Travis Kelsey. He has Terry Kill. What's going on at the running back position they just drafted Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Seems like they've mm-hmm. kind of went away from using him and kind of replacing him with Jared McKinnon that they got off of the streets. So what are Kansas City? What are they going to prioritize? Oh, I almost forgot. Cornerback. They gave up almost a thousand yards in one game to Jamar Chase. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, that might be an area that needs to have uh, improvement as well. But what are some of your thoughts? You know, you, you hit the two big ones. And, and if you're just looking to make a strength of strength that much more, it, it is about getting a third weapon for Patrick Mahomes. Travis Kelsey is going to be 33 next season. Tyreek Hill is, is getting up there for a wide receiver, especially one of his size. He's so unique that you don't want to really drag him down too much by trying to spread the ball out. But what I think they've seen in this last season is the teams understand how to keep everything in front of them, how to take those guys away with tighter zones, I think, that allow you to do a pseudo double team without having to really commit fully to it. So that third weapon becomes all that more important and has to be explosive now mccall hartman came did come on later in the season but i think that is certainly an option the good thing about sitting at 30 and the chiefs have been in the position that your two teams are in now with not having a first round pick so this this is a big of a luxury for what they've been through the last few years wide receiver could be on the table i think there's depth that comes all the way down into the 40s that you feel really good about taking at that selection i think the edge rush and the corners are going to be the group there as well and it's changing all the time. Significantly, just before we started recording this, the Chiefs lost their DB coach, Sam Madison, to the Miami Dolphins. So that's going to be a change. Hopefully that will allow them to play a little bit more and go back to a classic style where they can look for what they like. And that has been traditionally a longer, taller corner, kind of like the old Seahawks type of prototype. But they don't let them press very much, and they're not very comfortable with that. So I'm I'm hoping that that changes. That could open up more possibilities for this corner group because I think you can feel good about the physicality of some of the deeper guys, some of the guys that honestly play opposite the stars. Uh, Kobe Bryant, um, uh, McDuffie out of Seattle as well. Like There's a number of options that at 30 could be intriguing. There's also a ton of pass rushers. So I think anything, you go back to the four pillars, quarterback, tackle, pass rusher, and corner, there's going to be some options for you to get better there on a team that has been, I don't know, pretty good the last couple of years, you might say. Uh, the interesting part is the only question mark on the offense after that complete overhaul is going to be the right tackle position because Lucas Niang had a year off. He had come off of a labrum tear coming out of college. He had more injuries here. Like I don't think they're disappointed in the performance that they got out of Lucas Niang, but I do think that there could be a concern with his overall longevity. 
and his ability to stay healthy. So they could look tackle if they feel that they have a value that's really high on their board. Uh, I don't have anyone in mind yet, but I think that that's an outside possibility. The other thing that they have to always keep their eye out is they have a free agent issue as well in the secondary. That includes Tyron Matthew, who's been the heartbeat of this defense for quite a while. They expect some overturn other places on the defense. So if you can get your captain back, I think that allows you to be a little bit more just take the guy that you feel fits your team with his skill set the best. I think that could be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to a couple of more physical players. That's really what's at the top of my list for the Chiefs. Now, here's kind of a a sleeper uh, position for the Kansas City Chiefs, one that you have not mentioned yet, and you mentioned a good amount. So this is definitely a sleeper position, the linebacker Mm -hmm. position. All right, now they have used draft picks on guys previously, uh, Willie Gay, uh, Nick Bolton. But uh, Anthony Hitchens and Ben Neiman, they're like they're 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 not going to be there. Do you think that there's a chance that the Kansas City Chiefs lose them in free agency? And if so, does that create a hole and maybe an opportunity for maybe somebody like Nicobe Dean to kind of fill that role? Do you think some of the young guys have been developing enough to maybe take over that role? I think it's definitely an outside possibility. I expect Ben Neiman to not return. He will be a free agent. They've gone down this road with him a couple of times. He was back on a one-year this last season. Um, Anthony Hitchens, I think, has run his course in Kansas City, and they are going to move on from there. So that does open in the base. Somebody that you would hope can come in and play Sam, that can do a little drop-down pass rush. A couple of guys in this class fit that maneuver. But at the end of the day, you brought Nick Bolton in to be your middle, to be your captain. He is a downhill player. So asking him to turn and run in man coverage is not your thing. Asking him to, to run the middle of a, of a Tampa 2 is not his thing. You need someone that can play coverage as well. And so it would have to be a very specific role set for a hybrid, but a coverage linebacker that can do a number of things, play Sam, and then come in in the nickel and actually man half of that two linebacker set. Uh, but, yeah, that's not out of the realm of possibility. Stop giving my secrets away, Crop. <laughs> yeah, I was looking at that. And I'm like, man, you know, that's interesting looking at the free agent list and seeing some of those guys on there. And, you know, Kansas City, I know everyone always jumps to the offense and they want that high power. And when you look at a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, it's like, man, just give him more weapons, give him more weapons. And they're throwing resources at the receiver position and not just with Miko Hartman, but, you know, Sammy, uh, Sammy Watkins. Watkins. Uh, you know, they had him and they wanted him to kind of fill that role. You know, they, they have uh, what Robinson, I believe they still have him. They've had guys that kind of filled in as guys like Pringle. And, you know, so they've gotten some help there, but do they want more? Do they want more of a guy that brings a little bit more dynamic? So let's say, hypothetically speaking, they do want to really address the receiver position mm-hmm. and they're going all in. Is there someone that you think at 30 – would be like just a a terrific fit for what it is that Kansas City wants to do. I think there's two ways that they can go. They can either be typical of what they've been looking for. They were heavily in on Henry Ruggs a couple of years ago. Um, If Jameson Williams were to fall there and you can put speed on top of speed on top of Kelsey, I think they're going to be very happy with that. I don't think the injury is going to be a concern. But I also feel that there is a significant opportunity for them because of all the deep zone covers that they're seeing all the seven and eight man drops that they're getting, that they might want to go for somebody that can contest the ball, go up and get it for Patrick a little bit. And I have a feeling if somebody that's sizable, that maybe doesn't pan out in the top 15, maybe he does drop into the, the high 20s and they have to go get him, or maybe he does fall away at 30. If somebody that comes off an injury that might look like Drake London might fit there as well, that could be an option. I will tell you this, though, if you want to be really scared, let them address the edge in the first round. They could come back in the second or third and do something like, I think one of your favorite players, 
in Watson from North Dakota State. Put him in that offense. That could be scary as well. So there are a lot of options for the Chiefs. 49er fans aren't going to want to hear that. <laughs> and uh, the 49ers, that is a team that we are getting into next right after this break. All right, so I I've been drilling y'all with questions. So the floor is yours to ask me questions about the San Francisco 49ers who do not have a first-round pick. After you, Rob. All right, well, one of the biggest things I want to know is that, uh, you know, what are you going to do on the, on the defensive side of the ball? I mean, if you have an absolute terror in Nick Bosa, but, uh, you know, and Eric Armstead is a good player, uh, but at the same time, I think that he is he flashes, and then they, and you see the peaks and valleys. Do you think that in this draft class that has the edge rushers that it has, that there is likely to be somebody who's going to fall down into that second round when the 49ers are first on the clock? Do you think that they're, that the 49ers are going to be trying to prioritize one of those four pillars, as Ryan said it before, with an edge rusher? Or is this all about the offense, just trying to get an offense that's a little bit more consistent? Uh, or actually going back to your position uh, at the quarterback position, is is that really what the, the 49ers need the most? Because from an outsider looking in, that certainly is one of the positions I have the biggest concern about. Yeah, you know, well, I'll start with the secondary. And I think a lot of people, they look at the cornerback situation, they're like, 49ers have to go cornerback with their first pick in the second round, which was 61st overall pick. Now, that can change depending on what happens with Jimmy Garoppolo. Can they get a second round pick uh, for him? And, you know, that'll kind of, you know, boost them up and, and probably give them a little bit more movement from that uh, standpoint. But I think right now, I think the cornerback position actually would take a back seat, in my opinion, to safety position. You know, you're losing a guy like Jaquiski Tart. I think that's big. You have Jimmy Ward getting a little bit older. He's terrific. He's very versatile. At some point, you know, his kind of skill set is going to start to diminish a little bit because he's more of a coverage guy, more of a speed guy. Uh, and he does those things. They do a whole lot with him. How do they fix the Jaquiski Tart role? Now, a lot of people will say, well, they just drafted Talanoa Hufunga out of USC. I, I think they like him a little bit more as a third safety as opposed to someone that you just want to have to start in the two high. So I, I look at the safety position and think if I had to prioritize corner or safety, I'd probably lean towards corner uh, safety and maybe go with a guy like Petrie out of, out of Baylor, you know, who is has that versatility, has really a similar skill set as Jimmy Ward, but he can do some two-high stuff. He can do some single-high. He can come in the box. He can play some of that nickel. I would like a guy like Daxton Hill, but I think he's going to go probably a little too high for the 49ers to be able to lean that direction. I think a lot of people look at the corners and you say, well, okay, there's Emmanuel Mosley. Nobody really knows exactly who he is, but I think he plays good football. Then on the other side, you have Ambry Thomas. He came on late, had his little ups and downs as a rookie. But the 49ers still had the number six overall pass defense. And, and not because of the corners, but because of how they think about building their team. And it's from the front back. They have tre tremendous uh, coverage linebackers. They got guys in the front that can get after it. So I talked about the safety position. I think that is something that is definitely a need. But getting after the pass uh, passer as well. And like you said, kind of having someone to play opposite of Nick Bosa. So if there is a guy like... And we talked a lot about Boye Mafe, who was at the Senior Bowl. I, I think he's someone that could be, well, I don't know. We'll see. I did see a, a mock draft earlier today from, is it Todd McShay or one of those guys? I had him going in the first round. So we'll see if Boye Mafe can kind of creep towards the la uh, later in part of the second round. But being able to get that pass rusher to come off the edge, because if you got guys that are getting up to the pass rusher, it makes life difficult for the quarterbacks. And it doesn't really matter who you have at the cornerback position. 
Now, I do think at some point in the draft, whether it's 61 or other 49ers do have to address the cornerback position and maybe throw some resources at it, see if there's someone that can push Ambry Thomas for a starting job. But if you do believe that Ambry Thomas is potentially a starter and you like what you have with Emmanuel Mosley, I don't know if they'd go corner that high. Now, another thing you touched on, Rob, was the offense and, and having more firepower. And I think a lot of it, again, start with the front. 49ers have some big-time holes on the offensive line. And, I mean, you're looking at uh, Lakin Tomlinson, who just made a Pro Bowl. He's going to be a free agent. Alex Mack, he's extremely old. Is he going to retire? At right guard, they drafted Aaron Banks last year in the second round. He didn't. I don't even know if he played a snap all season, and he was a healthy scratch for a lot of games. And they have Daniel Brunsko there trying to fill in, and we'll see what happens there. And then you have at right tackle Mike McGlinchey, who had his quad tear off of the bone. I don't even know if he's going to be healthy enough to play next year. So, I mean, there are question marks at four out of the five office alignment position, and that's not including uh, Trent Williams, who was amazing this year. Wait a minute, he's a little bit older. He's gotten a little banged up as the season was going on. So what, what are they going to do with the offensive line? I mean, there, there are a lot of questions. Obviously, we'll figure out the answers. But I do think the draft will be – the draft will kind of, you know, what are they going to do there? So I think they can go any direction in their, in their with their first pick in the second round. I wouldn't be surprised by offensive line. I wouldn't be surprised by pass rusher. I wouldn't be surprised by safety. I wouldn't be surprised by corner. And one I haven't mentioned yet, I wouldn't be surprised by receiver. And – you know, we talked about Christian Watson. I think he brings a different dynamic. Maybe with all these different holes, do you want to get more explosive with your passing game? Because right now the 49ers passing game has been kind of very average, even though they have these terrific uh, pass catchers. Do you want to add someone that has a different dynamic, 6'4", 210 pounds, who's able to run down the field and stretch the field, especially for your young quarterback? I think those are all questions that will need to be answered. Because I want to ask you, if you're trying to set up Lance to have uh, an array of weapons, I think you're happy with what you got, Ayuk. You obviously have Kittle and you have Debo. Like, how do you add to his stock of weapons? Is it um, a small underneath receiver, like the classic slot that's really quick in and out of his cuts? Is it somebody big and tall? Like, if you are helping them make this decision, what is, like, the goal to add to the weapons for Lance? I think you would like to get some size, right? If you looked at Carolina and how they kind of built around Cam Newton, someone who was a little spotty with his accuracy, right? And Trey Lance, we've seen so far uh, through his first preseason games, his accuracy was all over the place. His first start, he missed some throws, but you see him start making some tight window throws and things like that. And then his, start, his second start, his actual second start of the season was actually good. Like, he didn't have the wild throws. He was much more accurate. He was much more aggressive with throwing the ball down the field. But one thing that I saw help Cam Newton was they did two things. They gave him a pure speedster with Ted Ginn and just said, run as fast and as far as you can. I'm just going to throw it out there. And then they gave him the big 6'5", 6'6", receivers in Devin Funches and Travis Benjamin where that they have these big catch radiuses where you just got to put the ball in the area. So when you look at the 49ers and kind of how the receiver position is kind of built right now, Brennan, I, he's really good. But coming out of college, contested catches, not a strength of his at all. We're actually one of the worst in out of the receiver group that was coming out in 2020. Uh, and you've seen that kind of carry over to the NFL. Hasn't been a great contested catch guy. Debo Samuel, that's not – that hasn't really been his strength as well. And then George Kittle, 
that's actually not his strength as well, you know? Like, and you see George Kittle and all the things that he does extremely well, but one that hasn't been good is just like, hey, can we just throw the ball up to him? Can we throw fade balls to him? That has been the thing. He's been more of a create separation guy and run after catch. So I would add either that small speedster guy where I could just have him run past everybody and throw it out there and let him run under the ball, or a 6'4 guy who can run like Christian Watson. I think that's ideal. But just a 6'4", 6'5 guy who, hey, I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to be spot on with my accuracy. I just have to put the ball in the vicinity of the receiver. And I think that will help your young developing guy, Trey Lance. Makes perfect sense to if me. there's any way to help Trey Lance, because right now, oh man, the the uh the expectations for the 49ers after the season are so high that everybody's looking for other options so that there's no drop-off. You know, and that, that's tough for a kid. You think going to the San Francisco 49ers f- f- as a young quarterback, oh, that's the best situation for any of these young guys. And then you get there and there's the whole Jimmy Garoppolo dynamic. And then they go to the NFC championship game up 10, should have won in the fourth quarter. And then now like, you're Trey Lance. I mean, I only got two starts. Okay. I played well in the second one, but everybody's like, nope, not good enough to win the championship. <laughs> so let's go get Tom Brady. Let's go get Aaron Rodgers. Let's go get anyone but Trey Lance. And I think that's a tough scenario for the kid. Have faith, faithful. Come on. It's going to be all right. <laughs> right. But uh, man, that's going to do it. For this episode, we're trying to fix the Kansas City Chiefs, fix the team that went to the AFC Championship game, fix the 49ers who went to the NFC Championship game, and fix the Seahawks. They really need a lot of fixing. All right, I got to throw my jabs at the Seahawks because they're rivals. But um, And we Seattle went 2-0 and against the 49ers last year. But <laughs> See, I tried to get out of here before that came up. And I was thinking about it earlier because I threw a little jab at the Seahawks earlier. And then as you were talking, I'm like, they kicked the 49ers ass twice. I don't know how much I can really... <laughs> I need to chill with the, with the Seahawks inside. <laughs> but uh, we will be bringing on other guests from Locked On shows uh, around the NFL to talk about just that, how to fix their team. So we want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. And, uh, of course, you know, always Rob Rain, Ryan Tracy, Eric Crocker, We will be back tomorrow for Friday's episode. Until then, we are out. Peace.